What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of College News Fit to Digest. Every week, we pick a few news items relating to U.S. colleges and discuss it with our own Shweta Bagade. Alma Matters curates the news daily relating to U.S. colleges and makes it available on almamatters.io forward slash news. We pick a few news items from that curated list and discuss it every week here in these podcasts. Now, without further ado, on with the podcast. I have four topics for today, so if you want to just kick it off with this topic on college tuition, you know, everything's going up, inflation's up, but college tuition is down this year. Yeah, well, I that's good. <laughs> the rate of tuition and cost of going to college has gone up so much that I'm sure the pandemic is the primary reason why it's come to a little bit of a a pause, understand mm-hmm. people's financial situation, um, majority of schools going online for a year, not getting the benefit of an in-person experience is another reason for that. So, I mean, it's good right now. Let's see what happens in the next few years as things start to settle out with pandemic and in-person schooling. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah. We'll just d- go with that. But yeah, at least the students get a couple couple of years break, potentially three years for those that are, you know, just started their freshman year in the pandemic. So we'll see how mm-hmm. it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, defying, defying gravity at this point. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> although it's going down. Uh- Next topic is about colleges uh, trying to see what to do about the whole online education thing, the digital divide, as they called it. Um, I guess they're basically accepting the reality of hybrid learning for a while, I'm assuming. Um, I think that's definitely part of it. I think they're understanding the difference of technology accessibility Mm -hmm. students and this isn't actually limited to colleges. This is definitely through the entire education system. So right. early as kindergarten all the way through, you know, going to college. Um, it shows that some people, even though we think it's so accessible, it's not always. You think straight away a, a rural location may not have the same um, internet speed as somebody who lives in a very urban area. That would be a great, easy example Mm-hmm. The one is access to technology in terms of a laptop versus using a phone. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you have technology right in your hand. That's true. But not everything can be done on your phone, like attending yeah. class or writing a paper. So there's I like that a lot of schools are starting to recognize this divide. Even if you go 100 percent in person, the divide is still there. That's true. But I do agree that a lot of colleges are embracing this hybrid option to make it maybe a little bit more accessible, uh, allows students and 
teaching staff some a little bit more time for themselves, you know, saving them times of having to go to class and set up all kinds of lectures and things like that, where they can do it in the comfort of their office, let's say. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually both ways, right? I mean, it's not just the students, uh, not quite a divide, but there is a little lack of proficiency on the part of the, you know, the faculty as well, right? A lot of them, um, I mean, I, I'm assuming a year into it now, they're probably a little better at it, but you know, the presentations are different. The way you teach would be quite different um, if, you know, half the students are online. So I think there's there's a fair amount of adjustment on all sides, um, and maybe learning on all sides. Yeah, and I think over, you know, the first year was definitely last year with the entire year basically being online for a majority of schools. Um, I think that was a great opportunity for professors to figure out what they like about the online. There's definitely mm -hmm. perks about it and the things they didn't like about the online and mm -hmm. make those adjustments accordingly um, and find that balance. And there might be some that are like, there's no way we have to go back into person. You know, think of labs, anybody's doing any kind of sure. stuff or um, health related where you, you need that in person, that's fine, but not everything has to be in person. A lot of general electives that, um, schools have the students required to take. So it does allow the students some, uh, exploration in terms of figuring out what works better for them. And along with the professors as well, there's a lot of students who would prefer only in-person classes. And I'm sure there's some students who would prefer only online classes. So that hybrid style is definitely a nice balance between the two. Get a little mix. Yeah. In fact, you know, like you mentioned, the general uh, courses or the general curricula there, you know, the big classes, uh, large lecture halls, um, the, the participation, you know, from students is pretty low and the props are probably not expecting it, but um I heard from a couple of profs that, you know, the online was actually a lot more engaging. People were actually raising their hands and, you know, on Zoom, whatnot, and actually participating in the class. So they found that it was a little more engaging um, online than uh, in, in person. So, you know, those might be benefits for the larger classes, and it also helps them accommodate more students. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, space is an issue for a lot of these professors. They can handle the large classes. They have enough uh, teaching assistants to do the sections that they require. But their lecture halls, I've heard the stories where there's, you know, kids sitting on the steps right. in the lecture hall just to be able to sit in the same room. So to be able to do it online makes sense. And then use the the breakout sections for that in-person experience. Right. Right. Let's see what happens. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think it's a good development, frankly. Okay. The third topic is, uh, it's about us degrees versus getting degrees in Europe. I mean, this is mainly for international students who are trying to weigh, you know, where it's better to get a degree from. Any opinions on that? Um, you know, this article that you're referencing does a great job of kind of 
showing the pros and cons of both. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are doing a European education, you really need to know what you're doing, like what you want to study. Because the the option of changing majors is really, it sounds like non-existent. Where if you go to a college in the U.S., you may need to take a little bit longer, maybe an extra year typically is very um, standard. But you can still finish the degree in the same college. You doesn't mean you have to go to a whole different college for that particular major. Mm-hmm. Um, and some colleges, like you think of our liberal arts colleges, particularly, and even yeah. some of our bigger public school systems, that exploration is there. It yeah. allows the students to kind of maybe, oh, I think I want to do chemistry. And then they discover the world of biochemistry, which is maybe not something they considered in the past. So it's an interesting life. And then, of course, the whole experience itself is a little bit different as well. Uh, depends what you want really. And if it helps if you know what you want to do. And if you don't, that also will help you go in a different direction. Of course, the big factor that you just can't compare is the cost. Yeah. 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 You know, European education is significantly cheaper than an American college education. No question. No question. Uh, you know, the challenge in all this is that we're talking about 16, 17 year olds making a decision of this kind. And Frankly, um, you know, you know, uh, even if you take money out of the equation, I mean, it's very difficult for them to evaluate that. And um, and this whole idea of I don't know what I want to do um, versus you know you have no choice but to pick one of three and off you go, right? That's right. So it's like this old uh, I don't know. I think Henry Ford or somebody said that you can get a you know, car of any color as long as it's black or something. And, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's sort of a similar kind of situation. Okay, the last topic in the news item is about Australian universities. I mean, they were really rocking and rolling for the last 10 years and looks like they hit a hard wall with the pandemic, especially with their Asian international students. Yeah, it sounds like um, they just did a really, I mean, no, I don't think anyone handled this perfectly of, you know, sending students home at the beginning of the pandemic and things like that. But it really sounds like Australia just didn't even make a turnaround in trying to improve, learn from what they didn't do correctly at the beginning. And it's forcing a lot of students who, and it sounds like Asia is a big draw. Right. Um, for Australia universities, for their international students. And it's making them realize that maybe they need to consider other options like the U.S. and Canada, where it's a little bit, uh, um, I don't want to say accommodating, but it's definitely a little bit more, um, yeah, maybe accommodating is the right word. They're, they're making the adjustments to right. help right. the international students, where Australia is just not even there yet. And yeah, they're, no. they're not projecting to do anything about it either. Yeah, I think I think what is really stunning, at least to me, is that this is a huge moneymaker for them, or at least a revenue generator for them. And it's like the number two or whatever. It's pretty high on their list of imports. And I can't believe they just uh, 
you know, blowing it literally. Um, but yeah. anyway, stranger things. Missed opportunity on the Australian yeah. education system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the. Those were the four topics we wanted to talk about today. But I think you have some updates on the UC applications and things you wanted to talk about. So. Um, yeah, it's, yeah nothing, go ahead. nothing earth shattering, just a good, strong reminder. This is November 15th. The applications for um, the UCs are due November 30th. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., we have a Thanksgiving holiday. And what happens during that time is the students try to use those couple of days off from school to really, you know, crank out the four PIQs, the personal insight questions. <laughs> and the the perils of that is you're you don't have access to um teacher support or counselor support from your school because they're also on break and you're also really waiting to the last minute so i encourage students to take advantage of this next week um and really try to get those piqs completed and make every effort to get them done as soon as possible uh the ucs as everyone knows gets each campus can get anywhere from 50 to a hundred thousand applicants. And if they're all waiting till like November 29th and November 30th to submit, inevitably it happens every year. Their servers can't handle that amount of uh, activity Mm -hmm. and they're, and they crash. So it, it's a double whammy to try to get it done before then because you, you're you done. That's a bonus. Sure, and sure. you're avoiding the stress of wondering, when is the server going to get up so I can submit my application? It, it's a very stressful time. I've, I've had calls from students that, who were so thankful they were submitting it or they had submitted early because they had friends very stressed out on those last couple of days. And it, it, you know, they'll hear, oh, the UCs will sometimes extend and things like that. And that's possible, but you don't want to bank on that. Right. Not, right. It's not a guarantee. So you want to just finish it up this week, complete that application. And a lot of students who apply to UCs have also applied to some early action schools. Use your Common App as kind of your reference tool to help you complete the UCs. Because it, it makes it go by a lot faster, it's particularly those activities section. Yeah, and, and you've known about the deadline for a while. So it's not like somebody just woke up this morning and told you and that. And so. it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I understand procrastination is a huge issue. And also, yeah. you know, to be fair, they have a lot of things going on. The students have a lot of things on their plate. So they true, do need to... True, true. But that, like you said, that deadline's been there for a while. Um, the UCs open up their applications, I believe, in August. So it makes it very easy to start completing information, working on those PIQs, get those completed. Um, I would also make the same recommendation for the Cal States. Um, mm-hmm. I've never heard their servers crash. Mm-hmm. But it's also their deadline is also November 30th. So you really just want to cross those two big applications off your list because you're applying to multiple schools with each application. Mm-hmm. Most students are. And it's just a good, honestly, it's a good endorphin kick to know that you're, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you can go back to focusing on the other applications that are due later or enjoying your Thanksgiving break and just focus on the other things that just need your attention. So that's sound advice. So um, <laughs> anything, anything else for the UC applicants? Um, no, take advantage of their helpline. They're, if you have any questions, um, reach out to their application helplines. They're, they're actually very responsive and very mm -hmm. helpful. I've had many people, many adults ask me questions and I'm like, the helpline will answer that for you. It's, mm -hmm. they're, they're awesome at it. And um, they do a great job of giving you some good information to help you, you know, with whatever questions you have. Awesome. Okay. So um, thank you for uh, bringing that up and we'll certainly share it with, all the listeners. So that's it for this week. Um, I guess we are off for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back after Thanksgiving. So thank you. Take care. Be safe. Thank you. My pleasure. Yep. Bye-bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with Shweta Bagade on this week's College News Fit to Digest. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash Alma Matters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College Matters. Alma, Alma Matters. matters.